Not afraid to tell it like it is. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon till 3 on AM 900 CHML. Right now, Marvin Ryder is with us, business professor at the Groot School of Business, McMaster University. He's in studio with us. Walmart no longer accepting Visa cards uh, at some or will be phasing out in Canada and also going to talk about uh, bank fees uh, as well. First of all, uh, Walmart and Visa. Man, this is uh, this is Clash of the Titans here, mm-hmm. isn't it? Well, it is and it isn't. So I think the first thing people need to know is that the Walmart business model. Walmart is a notorious bully. Yeah. Uh, when you go to Walmart, you see signs up, prices falling, prices falling. How do they get those prices to fall? Is they'll go back to companies and they'll say, if you want us to keep stocking your price, you've got to give us a little better wholesale price. And when that company cuts things by five cents a unit, they give two and a half cents to you and I, and they keep two and a half cents for their profit. So it comes as no surprise that as they take a look at their operations saying, where else can we generate a couple of bucks? They took a look at credit card fees. Now, again, let me give you a couple of stats. Walmart in Canada does about $10 billion a year, $10 billion a year. And uh, given the proportion that's charged on credit cards, some is cash, they spend about $150 million a year on credit card fees. Two big companies, MasterCard and Visa. And for the average retailer, MasterCard and Visa's cost is somewhere between 15 and 4% of the transaction, depending upon the kind of credit card you have. If you have one of those nice cash back or, mm-hmm. or air miles kind of points cards, you're going to pay closer to 4%. If you have a very basic credit card, it's lower. So uh, they went to MasterCard and they went to Visa and said, hey, what can, you, what can you do for the fees for us here? You know, we're one of your biggest customers. So uh, MasterCard went first and said, you know, you're right. And so we now have a new lower fee for any business that does $3 billion or more. $10 billion would qualify. And that cut the rate to 1.25%. Doesn't sound like very much, 1.5% to 1.25%. But it would be enough that Walmart could put $10 million towards the bottom line. Mm. So then they went to Visa. And Visa said, well, now just a minute here. We're the biggest card in North America. We've got almost twice as many Visa people than we have MasterCard people out there. Uh, you need us more than we need you. So, no, we're not playing ball. And Walmart pulled the same tactic. They said, well, give us what we want or we're going to drop you. (laughs) Visa said, no way you're ever going to drop us. And the head off began. Mm -hmm. So I think it's very interesting that Walmart has announced they're going to phase out the visa starting on July 18th. So that's at least a month from now. And in that hotbed of retail, Thunder Bay, they're going to go first in Thunder Bay. (laughs) Then they're going to roll it out slowly over the summer. Expect, you know, maybe, maybe Bob Cajun would be next. And then you might hit Saskatoon. And what they're doing is they're buying time. I think uh, uh, Visa basically called the bluff. Now they're seeing that Walmart's serious, but they've given themselves plenty of time to kiss and make up. So, Scott, I hate to tell you this, there's going to be another story. I think it's going to be about two and a half weeks where the two sides have come together and they've found a way to make it happen. So this is all for naught, other than, of course, a better deal. Other than the better deal for Walmart. And and again, what does that mean? In a tough retail environment, they're going to have another $10, $20 million towards the bottom line, keep the profit strong. How can MasterCard afford to do this ahead of Visa then? Uh, I think MasterCard understood the power of Walmart and said, we need you. We want you to be there. And, and, and again, it's a relatively small change for them from, say, 1.5% to Mm 1.25%. But if that's what's going to make Walmart happy, you do what makes Walmart happy. In Visa's case, they had a different tack. They said, we don't, we don't think that's the case. And so they're paying that price right now. So uh, Walmart basically handled Visa the same way they do their suppliers. Absolutely. With bullying tactics. And I, now at this point, 
at this point, Visa is coming out of the stores. Visa is not in every store. There's a couple others. Costco doesn't take Visa. I was anymore. just I was going to bring that up. Costco doesn't do any of right. that stuff. So it, does it really matter for them? It, it, it doesn't seem to. It here's certainly another. doesn't affect the lineups on a Saturday at a Costco. <laughs> no. I can tell you that. Well, here's another statistic. You know, there are more credit cards issued in North America than there are citizens. What does that mean? Most of us carry two or three different credit cards. Sometimes of the same brand, we might carry two MasterCards and one Visa. Mm-hmm. So that if you go into a store and they say, look, we only take X and the first card you pull out wasn't X, you can easily switch. So I don't mm. think it's going to make that much difference to Walmart. But uh, this this is just a game that's going on and we're watching. Uh, you said bullying tactics as far as their suppliers and now Visa. Pretty strong words. Is that How accurate is that? Well, okay, I'll, maybe that was a short form is it, way is, to... Is it, <laughs> is it bullying or is it just good business? Because oh, I have I have heard they are incredibly uh, vigilant at getting low prices yes. and, and playing one against the other. In, in the school of business, we call this channel management. We call this channel management. And we look for the dominant player in the channel, and they control the channel. So uh, I call it bullying tactics because they control their channels better than anybody else. And yeah. they do it with a strong hand. Yeah. You know, it's not an open... And always have. It's not an open hand. It's with a fist. And and they get what they want. And and that's because, in a way, Walmart's GDP, if you can call it that, their sales globally, would make them probably the 50th largest country in the world. So they're they're getting Mm. to be quite powerful. Uh, Will this become a trend in any way? Uh, uh, Will other retailers say, well, if Costco can do it, then I might be able to get a better deal? Are we going to see a change in the credit card industry as a result of this? We may. The credit card industry uh, has encouraged us by giving us these enhanced value packages, whether, again, it's air miles or cash back, and they've simply passed the fees on to retailers, and retailers did try a class action lawsuit saying, wait a minute, we don't, we don't want to accept all of these cards. We'll accept the generic visas and MasterCards, but we, we don't want to use the high-end ones. Well, that starts, which ones do you take, which ones don't you take, and, and the court threw it out and said it's an all-or-nothing proposition. If you want in, you pay the price for the scheme. But yes, the retailers who themselves are also feeling the, the pinch, uh, I think there could be some other large ones, but you'd have have to be on that scale of a, a mm-hmm. Walmart, maybe somebody like a Home Depot or maybe a Costco who could play that game. I think, unfortunately, for small retailers, independent stores, you just have to take this and, and smile. Uh, Visa worried they'd op- they've opened up a can of worms here if they let Walmart away with this? Okay, so... You notice this is Walmart Canada. Yeah, I was just about to ask you. Walmart this versus is Walmart the, Canada. Yeah. There's another one waiting in the wings just called Walmart in the United States where the annual sales down there are $100 billion. And thus, the fees that they pay to... to uh, uh, wow, so this is complete leveraging. We're going to start with Canada, and if you don't do as what we're going to do, we're going to take it down south. And they may, may take a year, and they'll just make sure that the effect to Walmart isn't terrible or dramatic. Yeah. But, you know, uh, this will be the this is the canary in the coal mine. Get it in Canada, and then we'll leverage that to get it in the States. Uh, so will we see uh, other, will this change the, the landscape of the credit card company then, or of the credit card landscape? Uh, I don't, and I don't think so in the sense that I don't see a new player coming into the market. You know, people, while people like the choice between a Visa and a MasterCard, we don't need six of them. Right. Uh, Discover, for instance, is a much smaller player. Amex is a much smaller player. Uh, and so I, I think the two are going to go there. But it continues to raise questions about what are the right benefits to give consumers to use the card? What are the right fees to charge? Both of them 
some have tried to get into the debit side of it, so you can actually now get a Visa debit card mm -hmm. and a MasterCard debit card. So they're expanding. The one thing I'm surprised at is they haven't moved into the online world to do something like a PayPal, so that you've got a, a Visa online that yeah. you can pay with our online transactions. But that could be just down the road. We've talked about Sears and Canada versus the United States, mm -hmm. very separate situations. What's it with Walmart Canada and Walmart USA? Well, they're, they're separately incorporated, and there's certainly things they do in Canada. In fact, their logo's got a maple leaf here where it doesn't have it down right. in the United States. So there, there is some autonomy, but Walmart is a tightly controlled company. You don't do something in Walmart India or Walmart China that doesn't get approved through the head office. So for sure, this wasn't Walmart Canada's idea on its own. They are being encouraged right. by the Americans to try this out. Uh, let me give you one other quick example. So in Canada, we are quite used to chip and pin technology. Our cards have a chip on them, and now I enter a pin. I don't sign my name on anything like this. In the United States, they have implemented chip cards, but it's chip and signature. They haven't gone to the pin route. And uh, people, again, like Walmart, have been suggesting, in fact, there was a lawsuit between Walmart and Visa, they wanted this pin technology. It just speeds up the transactions. Yeah. You don't have to have the pens and so on and so forth. And Visa has been very reluctant to do this, and I don't know why. When I, I was in Europe recently, and everything there is chip and pin, our pins work just fine. I don't know what that reluctance is. So, th again, there's a battle between the heavyweights mm. to see who gets what. Why does Costco not even bother with cards? No, no, they bother with cards. They take a MasterCard. They take not only their own MasterCard, but any other MasterCard. They don't take Visa, though. Don't take Visa. Don't take American Express. I thought it was all cash at, cash at Costco. They do take MasterCard. They do take MasterCard. Really? So yes. what? what's the advantage there? Why would they take one, not the other? Are they playing one against the other? Yeah, I, again... Um, Costco's a funny beast because you, you don't go in there and spend $5. You, you come yeah. up with a shopping cart load and 100 and something. Therefore, most people don't have that much cash. A debit works, but you know the advantage of credit is sometimes I don't have enough money in the mm -hmm. bank account, but I will next week, so I put it on the credit card and I'll pay it off. So I think they saw an advantage to having some credit card system. And again, MasterCard perhaps outmaneuvered Visa to get that account and give them the flexibility they needed. So why would a, uh, why would a Walmart just not do that? Why would they just not copy what... what uh, Costco's doing. Well, in a way, they have. By dropping Visa, now they're, they're saying we'll take MasterCard. I, I, I'm not sure that's, again, I, I think there's a bigger game here at play to reduce costs, but, uh, but we'll see. We'll see what they want to do. All right, let's change topics real quick here and talk about uh, Canada's major banks hiking fees while pulling in big profits. This is something that really ticks people well, you're, off. you're feeling sorry for them because, you know, for instance, Bank of Montreal in the last quarter only made $980 million. A year ago, they made $999 million. So, <laughs> you know, so the banks are doing three things simultaneously. Uh, first thing is they're closing branches. Uh, I, my home hometown where I was born is in Elgin County, and big news was that in Belmont, the one and only bank in Belmont, population of about 1,200 people, is closing. Scotiabank is closing. it. They said there's just not enough business to justify it. So they're closing small branches, hurting rural communities. Number two, they're laying off employees. You and I don't go into a bank the way we used no. to, so they don't need as many tellers, they don't need as many staff, they want to deploy them in the right way. And then the third thing is, banks used to make money, they used to make money on this idea of, I deposit some money, you give me, let's say, 1% on that, you turn around and loan it to somebody at 8% and you make money on the spread. But our interest rates, mortgage rates, have been so low for so long, that kind of business, there's not a lot of profit to be made. But Marvin, there's always been these sorts of fees long before oh, yes. uh, 2008 and 2009. But the dependency has shifted. Right. So okay. now they're much more dependent on the fees to generate revenue. And what they discover is that 
we consumers are stupid. We don't really understand the fees that we pay. I see my students do all kinds of things that cost them a small fortune, but because it's $2 here and $4 there, they don't notice it until the end of the month when they say, what happened to that 30 bucks in my account? It's all gone. Yeah. And, and I think this is really the key to us. We don't like the fees, but for God's sake, educate yourself on them and adjust your spending to minimize them. Again, let me give you a quick example. You know, if I need cash, I might go to an ATM. And maybe it's not my bank's ATM. But I don't take out 20 bucks. If I do, I'm going to spend $3 to take out the 20. I'll take out 200. Mm -hmm. So at least proportionally the fee. Yeah, yeah, but I've seen students go to a bar, take out 20 bucks, buy a couple of glasses of beer, think they were going to leave. Oh, some new friends have come. Let's get another 20 bucks. They've spent $6 yeah. just to get two $20 bills. It yeah. doesn't make sense to me. Uh, can government control this, regulate it in any way? Do they have much power here? Well, in theory, yes. Government you know, can wield its power any way it wants. But any time you want to start talking about legislating the banks, the banks get together pretty quickly and push yeah. back. So, And they, again, argue that we're very transparent about these fees. Look, we publish all this information. It's the consumers who choose to do this in various ways. This is a bit like the payday loan industry. Mm. They're very transparent about their fees. I don't know how many people have said to me, Marvin, look, I can get $300. I only spend 20 bucks to get $300. I say your compound rate over the course of a year is over 100 percent, they, but they don't have a sense of it. And I think this now is more about, for some people, their functional literacy about their finances. Mm. Uh, we all know profits high at banks. We certainly hear about yep. it every quarter or such. Uh, are we be, are we getting gouged? Are we being are we being taken advantage of here? Well, so let me try this another way around. Who's demanding they generate all these profits? Who owns all that bank stock? I know the temptation. Everybody's is, pension. Right. <laughs> the temptation is to think there's some fat cat like a Donald Trump saying we want more and more and more so I can you know put gold taps in my uh, limousine. But it's really the pension funds and the pension funds. As we see people living longer, they've got to generate more yeah. cash, and the pressure is on every company they invest in to be very profitable and to outdo the profits from the year before. Well, the population of Canada isn't changing that fast. We're not growing even 1% a year. So if the banks are as, as ubiquitous as they are, they're everywhere. If I only wait for that to happen, I'm going to get 1% growth in my profits. That's not good enough. That's where this demand comes from. So that, that's what's doing it. Uh, you talked about how we have been in this slowdown longer than we were in the Great Depression, any of this. Uh, I, I remember when interest rates first uh, started going down, everybody was saying, be careful, the right. shoe's going to drop. Yeah. Uh, and we've now, we're now talking that this is uh, the new norm. Moving forward, what has to be done in order to get us back to where we were and the middle class feeling a part mm. of, uh, of of the economy again? Or is it that this is, is the, the new, new norm? norm? Right. So let me again put this in context. 2007 and eight, we have the recession. It lasted three quarters. It was not a deep recession. It was not a long recession. And normally you then have a period of recovery for a three quarter recession. That could be six quarters. Eight yeah. quarters. We've been doing this for eight years. Mm -hmm. We bounced back faster from the Great Depression than we did this recession. How do you explain that? Well, of course, what helped us after the Great Depression was this little thing called the Second War. World War. Yeah. And suddenly we had to mass produce all these items, and that created a lot of employment. For us in Canada, it's really nothing wrong with the Canadian economy. We rely on shipping goods to three major groups, uh, the East, China, the United States, Europe. And they've all been stumbling. And yeah. even today, Europe, uh, United States economy is starting to come back, but it's two good months and then one bad month. Mm. What we need is a sustained run. Now, on interest rates, 
I don't want you to think this is the new norm. These are the lowest interest rates in Canadian history. That means in 150 years, interest rates have never been this low. And I worry about younger Canadians, somebody who graduated from university at age 20, who's now 30, who thinks, hey, you know, mortgages are always yeah. going to be 2.5%, 3%. I can remember when you know, I got 6% on a mortgage, I thought I was laughing. Now, those rates, I am sure, are going to rise at some point. Not hugely. They'll go a quarter point at a time. The first increase could be in 2017, a quarter point up. Not a big deal if it goes up really slowly, but the trick you've got to look at is how extended are you? Is there any wiggle room in your budget for slightly higher interest rates? If the answer is yes, great. But if you're tapped out to the dime, it takes every dollar of your paycheck to cover everything. When those rates go up, that's what we're worried about. Marvin Ryder has been with us, business professor at Groot School of Business, McMaster University, talking about Walmart and your banking fees. Marvin, as always, thanks for coming in. Really appreciate it. My pleasure.